Welcome to another episode of the Emulsion Podcast, a show for chefs who want to think better, increase their performance, and believe that it's possible to take lessons from what others have learned. I am your host, Justin Kana, and I'd love to continue the conversation with you from this episode on my online circle community. There you can share your two cents and learn about supporting the show on justinkana.com slash support. For your convenience, it's also linked up in the description of your podcast player. Let's get into the show. What is up, folks? My guest today on the podcast is Marie Mayon, the owner of Manger Manger, a multidisciplinary platform where food and ingredients are thought of as creative tools. That's the pitch from the site. I met Marie, aka Yuki. Uh, that's how you know her friends call her, I suppose. Back in 2015, believe it or not, when I had a dinner with her at Le Chateaubriand in Paris on a trip for a guest chef dinner. So when I was working in Norway, chef did a guest chef dinner in Paris, and I was asked to go help cook with that, and that's where I met Marie, and, you know, Anna and I have had trips to Paris since then, where we've gotten the pleasure to hang out with Marie, where she eats through Paris with us. I'm very, very excited to chat with her about culinary education, customized creativity, and how she approaches private events, which might especially get some of you folks who are doing pop-ups excited. If you enjoy this interview, I also recommend you queue up my conversation with Christopher Scott, where we talk all things culinary creativity, how to be thinking about presenting your food differently, um, working creatively, collaboratively with chefs, and so many more things. If at any point you'd like to pause and check out Marie Manger Manger online or any of these specific linkable things that we discuss, please do check out the show notes, which are always available on justincona.com slash media, or if you just swipe over up and or down or across to the description of whatever podcast player you're using. Thanks so much for being with me. Let's get into the conversation. Yeah. Um, do you want to have so, video on? There's no pressure to have video if you don't want to have video, but if you yeah. want to, you can. Yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, yeah, but you will see my. <laughs> <laughs> that's no. Yeah, I, that's actually Check you. For my son, he's doing his games, you know, with it. But as I don't have any, hey. I just uh, borrowed him. So. This is this might be the coolest background that I've seen from a guest. This is fantastic. Really? Yeah, it's super cool. Is it is this like your desk setup or this is like Yes, it's my desk and uh it's my office in fact because now I have uh, like a room dedicated to my office now yeah. and so I have all my stuff for oh, all the installation, catering, awesome. <laughs> you know, all the accessories I might need and uh, yeah, it's full of shit. <laughs> wow. Full of objects. Wow. I'm jealous. Yes. I, I'm. I, I want to visit that next time uh, I come. Yeah, I come see yeah, you. That would yeah, be yeah. awesome. Please, please, um, please, please come. So that's actually. If you're okay with starting, I'm okay with starting yeah. because I, I yeah. thought I thought a fun place to to start is where we first met, which is at yeah. a restaurant in Paris called Le Chateaubriand. Yes, what, I remember so what, well. What makes Le Chateaubriand so good? <gasps> yeah. Um, this is a good question. I think that uh, Chateaubriand is the less um, marketed commercial restaurant that I know in Paris because nowadays uh, this is so competitive, the, the business of restaurants in big cities like Paris or New York or wherever. Uh, you have all this pressure of um, who is going to have the best communication? Who is going to post most? Who is going to be the most present on social media and so on? Chateaubriand, don't give a shit. <laughs> and it always has this identity of uh, Iñaki, I think, who is um, really like a self-taught uh, chef. 
and brilliant uh, person and very creative. I think because of that also, he's totally like, you know, he has, I think, his own community. Uh, he has his own friends and the, the people who he with whom he's um, hanger, hanger, um, who has, he has some fun and eating and stuff, but he, I, I don't feel like he's uh, getting some inspiration here and there. And he's not, you know, that kind of chef who is always looking at other places' feeds. And um, I think that from the start, he, he has his own vision of um, cooking, of um, of uh, of uh, food, and um, I think it's very strong for that. It's very like intense and uh, concentrated, and um, yeah, um, I must say that uh, everyone is still admire him. And uh, now he has uh, launched like a takeaway business from Chateaubriand, and he's making pizzas. Have you seen really? that? Really? No, I haven't. Yeah. yeah. Good for so, him. They installed, and I think it's nice also because uh, he has this vision of the space also, which uh, really I'm sensitive to because he has installed like a big curtain in front of his um, store front, uh, which was totally, do you remember, uh, a glass yep. facade, uh, yep. transparent, you know, see-through. And now he has installed his big red curtain like in a cabaret. Wow. You know, and yeah. he has cut out like a window, square shape, like a window from which he takes, uh, he, he like, he receives the orders and he passes the pizza. And I think it's super humoristic and uh, it's a nice way to, 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 to be cynical with this situation. Right. And why, you know why Chateaubriand is, have, is doing pizzas? You know, we don't understand. Sure. Sure. But uh, I haven't tasted them yet, but it seems to be very, very good. Well, and he, ha he has these uh, crazy toppings also, like uh, uh, fun, you know, um, fun associations. And uh, yeah, it seems very good. So I shall try and I will send you some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a fantastic way to, um, like you're saying, uh, adapt without thinking that you yeah. have to make Le Chateaubriand experience yeah. to go, you know, do, say something different. Let's do something yes. completely different. Yeah. It's uh, totally impossible. And I think that's the trap of many. I don't know if in Seattle, many restaurants are still doing takeaways and deliveries, but I think it's the most big trap for restaurants uh, to totally have the same offer um to make takeaways right you can't have the same experience well because it's also it's almost like saying our you, you our lose, in person uh, yeah you lose something and our in person was perfect as it was yeah correct yeah. correct correct so i mean that's why big like high-res high-end restaurants like astrance and um you know all these people try to adapt their food into street food. I mean, them, they're trying to, to have the dialogue of their sensi sensitivity into food that can be, uh, you know, transported right. and uh, not suffer too much from the, all the packaging and the, and the moisture, you know, problem and all this uh, stuff. I mean, it's a totally different business. So Chateaubriand uh, is doing pizzas. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, incredible. Like people uh, who used to make uh, three-star uh, Michelin uh, food is making bread and cakes and pastries. And it's very creative in a way. You mentioned something that I want to kind of go back to from being focused, not getting swept away with the new trends how do you yeah. protect yourself from that? Like if, if, if we're, if you and I can acknowledge it's so powerful when you can do this, when you can develop your own style and have an identity, why don't yeah. more people do that? Why is it so hard? Uh, I think that, um, it's super hard because we are all very much involved in all these, uh, um, storm of, uh, social media, all the, these, um, images, thousands of images we can see per day. And it's very hard to isolate ourselves from that and say, stay like anchored in our own, uh, identity. But I think that, um, it's, uh, super easy sometimes when you get tired or when you don't have the, the energy, energy to really go deep in your creativity it's very hard to to stay focused and not to be influenced by all these uh, items or colors or shapes or whatever i think that um, in case of inyaki i think this is really because of his personality and uh, also he's i i i think that he's uh, never been to a cooking school he has not you know um, done a lot of uh, work in restaurants before opening his own business. Uh, so I, I think that he's, he, he, he don't know how to, 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 to get himself like, a, um, like a raincoat, you know, right. He's uh, varnish is still very clean and, uh, the, 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 the water doesn't really come inside. Right. But, um, for me personally, I think that also my background of being an um, interior designer and architect and to learn how to develop your own identity, because we have to learn to do, to do that also. In school, I used to uh, learn how to go deep inside my uh, memories and my uh, origins and uh, all, you, all what makes you unique to create something. So we, never, we don't mind if it's a chair, if it's a, a new dish, if it's a new um, apartment or it's a, a building. But uh, we have to, to, to bring our own answer, right? You don't want to redo something that has been done a uh, hundred times. So I think that for, for me, I learned to do that when I was at school and then Hence, I, I'm, cre I'm recreating this uh, kind of gymnastic uh, in my food now. When was I that moment when you decided that you wanted to do, do food? What was that? Was there a specific moment or was it slowly over time you started to see, I'm really interested yeah. in this food side of things. Maybe I can do something with food versus just doing interior design. Like, when was yeah. that moment? Um, the moment where, where I switched is, um, maybe I was like working, um, as a designer for 10 years in big companies. And I think that at one point I was really fed up. 
about doing always the same thing and having the same routine. Uh, it's also a matter of, um, of uh, how do you work? For me, the first experience I had in interior design was to be in, in work in big companies and be salaried. Right. So having the same colleague always and have the same meetings and have the same uh, result and the same kind of, uh, you know, you, you are uh, a coin uh, within a big amount of uh, a big machine. And so I think that 10 years after that, I was kind of fed up with this rhythm and um, the, the difficulty to renew, renew your world, your answers. And so as food was always my passion, I was, I was thinking like, if I don't do something right now, I will never be able to change. So, so I uh, jumped into this, uh, <laughs> this, uh, um, this new, new field and uh, I never been so happy, even now. <laughs> Even now, if it's very difficult and very, you know, uh, there's no more events at all. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm still creating. I'm, I'm still very happy. And uh, everything I, I, I'm, I'm working on is different uh, each time. And uh, yeah, it's a very exciting um, jump I made. <laughs> there's a lot of folks who are having those transitions. They're saying, I don't want to be yeah. an accountant anymore. I don't want to work in an office. Food is... Speaking yes. to me, but it, it's and it, it's it's such a great environment to go into now because there's so many different food businesses now. Yeah. COVID yeah. As, COVID aside, because I know COVID makes everything yeah. so difficult. Yeah. What was help as you were making that transition? What were some resources that you were helpful for you? Did you dive straight into cookbooks? Did you go work at restaurants? Did you go like what was helpful yeah. for you to make that transition to make you feel like you had some confidence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, still uh, a huge uh, subject for me uh, still because sometimes, you know, even if I, I'm not working as a chef and I will never be a chef, um, it's sometimes very hard because I, I feel I don't have the legit, legit, legitimacy. Yeah. How do you yeah. say it in yep. English? Yep. Yeah, legit, yeah, legitimacy. To, yeah, mm -hmm. to, to propose, you know, like a full course menu or something. But for me, my proposal is also uh, just a side it's it's also something else than just i i could never i mean compete with you guys or make a perfect uh sauce blanche bechamel or i i don't know i i could never compete on that but my um my proposal is somewhere else and uh, i think that uh, the the thing that really made me uh, a little more confident is that i made like um, in france you have like a course called cap which gives you like a diploma of a, in a cooking school so i did a cooking school for one year right um, to have this diploma even if they teach you very basic recipes like really french classical recipes that have never been uh, re-seen for 40 years so when you make like a bechamel you have one like a lot of butter right nowhere you use so many so much butter now i mean and that was something and then i worked at vervolet you remember yep. this restaurant? absolutely absolutely vervolet and vervolet sur mer which is the seafood version of vervolet for one year so yeah there i really m learned a lot 
and uh, and still I'm really close to Olive, who you know Olive, yeah, who were yeah. the chef of uh, still the chef of uh, Sur Mer. Sure. And um, yeah, it's great because sometimes I have technical question and I can just call her and uh, we are very like um, complimentary and she helps me still a lot. So this was a, a great experience for me because uh, aside of working in restaurant and be able to see, you know, the, the speed you have to maintain, the rhythm of things and how do you also work like um, you have uh, to organize, you have to be really like, and still, Verbolet is not a Michelin star. I, I mean, I think this is, it can be much more um, uh, rigorous, but all that, that kind of work, I, I learned at, uh, at in, within this year of, uh, wow. of, at the restaurant. But, uh, and after it was the experience. And, um, and honestly, um, I, I, I'm still learning a lot every day because <laughs> my, 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 I just love to do uh, projects that are not similar. So right. each time you can't repeat the same gesture, right? <laughs> you have to create new gesture because it's, it's not the same kind of project. You never work in the same room, in the same area. So each time you have to adapt in a new kitchen. And I mean, so you, you're still learning a lot and uh, I, it's not over. And I can only imagine that gives you two things, right? It, it gives you the ability to talk with chefs, to empathize with chefs, yeah. to understand yeah. what it takes to put on an event or create yeah. a specific dish. And yeah. it also lets you know what's possible with food because you know yeah. how to butcher, you know how to make sauces, you know how to, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, you know, I can I mean, only, you know, yeah, yeah, go it's ahead. It's very different because when you work in a restaurant, you have this same kitchen, you have that kind of same clientele. Um, and so you can play around your proposal uh, within these uh, base constraints. But when you do events, yeah. When you do events, um, when you do caterings, when you do private dinners, it's always different. The, right. uh, the, the 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 attend. How do you say the the thing that people are waiting for? Right. It's not right. never the same. Mm. And you won't be able to do the same food for a. 100 or 300 person event for a fashion week or you would do for a catering for a shooting or you would do for a private dinner of 12 people for a lounge of something right it's uh, always but the thing is that because of this ex experience in restaurants uh, and thanks to olive and thanks to christopher and thanks to all these friends who are professionals and um, and very much more uh, experience uh, I can easily um, choose whatever. What can I what what can I make for big events? What can I make for little uh, precious private dinners? And it's never the same, you know. I have so many questions I want to get into on private events and, and pop-ups, but there was one to get not off of the topic, but. There's a lot of I've been meaning to ask you about Paris because a lot of chefs go grow up hearing these stories of working in Paris. I feel like New York yeah. has the same reputation. Yeah. Is working in Paris still have the same weight as it as it used to? And maybe a better question is how can chefs that want to go to Paris make the most yeah. out of their experience being in Paris? <gasps> Yeah, I think that um today, alors maybe it's because of the COVID situation. 
is that Paris have never been, I mean, before COVID, Paris had never been so high in terms of quality, price, um, uh, number, volume of restaurants, of different kind of food. I mean, Paris have reached a level that for me, it was the level of Tokyo when I, um, uh, I um, moved from Tokyo. For me, Tokyo was like the, you, you could have the best three-star Michelin restaurant, you could have the best street food restaurant, right. you could have the best mid-food restaurant in every kind of food. And Paris have reached this level, really. Amazing. Justin, you have to come back. I want, because <laughs> I know. Because things are launched. You have such many, many, many new restaurants have opened since that time. And the, the big trend now um, for Paris is all these chefs are moving to uh, Provence, which yep. is the countryside of France, and having their own restaurants or bed and breakfast with, you know, like Septim have bought yep. uh, Dunil. You have an enormous, you have Auberge de Chassignol, right. and you have like 10 James Henry, right, is doing per, something. Yes, yeah. yes, Le Doyenne, mm. which mm -hmm. is uh, fabulous. And uh, uh, this is the big trend. So I think that uh, people who come to Paris to have an experience in uh, restaurants uh, have to do both. I think that uh, in Paris, you have a really like now the, a keen uh, eye on the sourcing of uh, ingredients, I think much more than before, like even five years ago or 10 years ago uh, in good restaurants, uh, we, we know <laughs> which are right. these right. ones, right? right. But it, it has, it tends to be general now. It's it. really like a conscious, you know, of a, a lot of restaurateurs to be really keen on the sourcing and, uh, and to also communicate on that. But I think that most of uh, the, now the, the experience is to be, to, to be live in uh, the countryside. So when you say both, you mean work in Paris, Paris, like proper yeah. in the city yeah. and then also yeah. do something in the countryside. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly like all these, uh, yeah, like you have an experience at Septim, okay, at the restaurant, and then you work also six months at Dunil, right. and uh, you have your own garden, and you pick up the veggie every day, every morning, and to, to accumulate both experience would be, um, I think, the, the, the great way to optimize the, the experience here in France. Because really, I think the, before, it, Paris was here, and the countryside was here, like here, not visible. <laughs> and now you really have like, right. it tends to, you know, be um, as interesting as bistro, restaurants. And so I think that, um, and I think also in other European countries, maybe, I'm not really into uh, inform uh, such, uh, in Denmark, I don't know if it's still the the same trend, but uh, in Paris, it's huge now. Every every chef are moving out Paris. And really. are are locals keen on going to make those visits, or are more tourists going to you know they go to one place and then they say, okay, we're doing five days in Paris. We will do four days in the city in one day. Uh, As a tourist. Yeah, both. I mean, are are the locals frustrated that the chefs are leaving? 
Um, Are they excited uh, that there's yeah. just new opportunities? I think they're now. excited because yeah. uh, they they have the opportunity to go in area that uh, they haven't gone before. Like I mean, do you know Auberge de Chassignol? Right. It's the the place. Uh, it's six hour in train, and after you have to drive one hour. I mean, it's really like if you do Paris New York, you know, mm -hmm. the, in in terms of totally. <laughs> And and still it's full always. Wow, wow. So people are happy to go there. People are happy to discover like Auvergne. Nobody used to go to Auvergne before. It's really in the center of France, uh, middle of nowhere, and you basically have nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, but it's beautiful nature. You have to just to you can walk around. You can you know it's just beautiful. But you don't have like um, sightseeing, cult very strong cultural uh, sightseeing. But it's always full. Yeah. And we were very happy to go there with uh, friends, and uh, we spent three days just chilling and eating well and drinking well, and that's the that's life. You right. Know? Right. So if I were a tourist, I would make uh, half and half. That's half great. Paris and half countryside. You have such marvelous, and we are very lucky in France to have. A very very beautiful countryside, very different from one area to another, and a strong food identity also. You know, switching it's very, into yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, worth uh, really do the the travel. Well, it makes it more sustainable too, because you can, if you're a chef from the U.S. or from Canada or Australia, yeah. and you're saying I want to go live abroad for a little while. You can commit to Paris or France yeah. in general for two years, and you can say, yeah. I will do one year in the city and one Absolutely. year in the countryside, and Absolutely. that's more sustainable than saying, I'm going to move to the city for three yeah. months, and I'm going to sleep on yeah. the floor, you know, yeah. and I'm going to, you know, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it makes Absolutely. it unattractive, right, and yeah. not realistic for people. Yeah, 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 exactly. When talk, switching a little bit into talking about private events and how you're thinking about... Um, pop-ups and dinners and stuff like that. Yeah. What was helpful for you in learning how to run these events and organization? There's a lot of people that are listening right now who are hosting pop-ups of their own or they're doing catering and, you know, private chef stuff. And so yeah. what's helpful? How do you think about organizing yourself for, for an event? Yeah. I think the, the first uh, step is to have this, this uh, project. So you have to... <laughs> To sales, learn how to sell sales. yeah, and uh, sell your project and your identity and be attractive uh, much more than the other one. And uh, what do you bring new? What kind of uh, newness you bring? And what's your um, strong point? What's your uh, you know? So this is the first thing. And um, I, I must say that uh, I th I think that uh, we really should be a good communicator. I don't know how to say it in yeah, English, yeah. but also be able to really be reactive in sending, you know, presentations, sending your answer, even if you don't have the project yet, but to sell your ideas, what could be your offer? What could be your answer on that proposal? Okay, if a brand asks you, okay, I will have an after show for uh, Fashion Week, uh, what can we do? And you have to be quick because you don't want to just say, okay, I'm going to make this dish and that dish and that cake, no, it's not enough now. Right. I think, really, uh, personally, I think it's not enough just to make good food. You have to say something through that food. Why do you propose that food and not other other things? Uh, just because it's seasonal, that's a good point, but it's not enough, right. I think, for, right. for, for, for us. 
So I think that you should be really quick into why creating this, quick to answer and quick to show how do you want to present this. And um, also to be quick to calculate the budget also. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is a very, I mean, nobody is talking about that, but the pricing, the budget, the way to communicate that, why that this dish co cost that price, what, why this service cost that price. And so you have to be really quick. And once you have the project, which is a, a good uh, a starting good step, place, yeah. yes, <laughs> you should be able to be super organized. Right. And I think that cooks are not the best uh, organized um, uh, people. I mean, they're excellent in organizing the, 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 the food process, but organizing uh, people to hire, um, the items to buy, the objects. How do you going to present that stuff? You, are you going to buy some, uh, how do you say, um, uh, throw, throw, throw away dishes, sure. or are you going yeah. to disposable? Uh -huh. I mean, every details count when you 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 make that kind of event, and I think that uh, you have to have an overview uh, visually and um, internally, you know, in terms of organization, and uh, so you, yeah, that that that's a really big part of. Uh, of uh, running an event so get and be able to communicate with your clients and uh, re reassure them also right. because uh, sometimes they're like panicked or a bit uh, anxious right. <laughs> um, so uh, I think that um, for me running an event was kind of easy because I'm used to be very organized for my uh, project of interior designer when you have to do a, um, you know, a, a design and follow up some uh, work uh, done to renew a building or something like that, you have to be very organized. And I have like an Excel sheet where I, I have all my costs lined and uh, everything is super millimetre. Yep. And yeah, that, that is, I think that's, uh, that's necessary. And also, uh, I think the, the very if you're not organized, hire something who can be at um, at your place, at a place. And this is, um, yeah, the, the base. So for to, to get even more potentially tactical, practical for, for the people listening, what does that look like for you? You mentioned Excel. Is it a lot yeah. of software? Do you use, do you have a ton of notebooks? Like how do you practically yeah. keep track of all this information because you're right it is a lot of community emails and yeah. text messages yeah. and photos from your yeah. mood board that you're going to use to influence what plates yeah. you're going to use and how the everything client is a, yeah yeah uh, everything is started with visual um, visual uh, references for me huh? uh, I don't know how the the other person do <laughs> but for me everything starts from visuals right so I'm I'm, I'm trying to sell my ideas through visuals, so I'm making like uh, references, uh, images, pictures, pictures can that I can find in books, pictures I can find on the internet, or pictures uh, of things I've 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 took yep. um, when I walk outside, when I travel, and I have a lot of uh, you know references uh, storage in my uh, hardware. Yep. 
And, and so once it's approved, I'm trying to translate this by items. Right. Like, okay, this picture can be translated into, I don't know, I can say anything like um, a big bread sculpture. Right. For example. Okay? Right. Uh, this picture is like a mountain of chou à la crème. And so I translate everything into really concrete uh, food items or, or word or ingredients. And then from that, I have to, you have to calculate what would be the volume you want to have of each items and uh, how you're going to present it. So you have a list of what I call hardwares. Yep. So how you're going to present all your stuff on plates, on, uh, I don't know, on uh, cement, on um, terrazzo uh, sample um, sheets, on, uh, it could be on a real uh, terracotta uh, plate. You are going to dig into les puces right. or whatever. You have to list every hardware you have to uh, assemble. And another one we, with uh, all the ingredients like perissable, you know, the soft ingredients. So sure. food, all the stuff that you might need for the, the food, concretement. Yeah. And then <laughs> you have... I have a Excel sheet where I list all the the shopping, the orders placed yep. to to buy all this stuff or rent. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes you have to rent furniture, uh, sometimes you have to rent cars, sometimes you have to rent, uh, you know, um, a lot of stuff. Right. So everything is uh, note noted, and uh, in order to not forget ev anything. This is my most, um, the, the biggest fear is to forget something and in order to have a right budget. Well, that was going to be actually my next question because the, us chefs have a lot to learn from industries like architecture because yeah. when you take on a project, yes, you're not charging for the bricks and the steel beams and the, and the, the materials you're charging for your time as well to, to organize yes. the, the blueprints and the mock-ups yeah. and the renderings and the graphics. Yeah. yeah. Do you, you don't have to tell me how much, but do you yeah. charge for this organization time yes. when you're coming yes. up with an event? Cause I feel like a lot of, of chefs don't, a lot of chefs yeah. don't do that. Yeah. For any project, uh, even if it's an event, a big event or a small private dinner, I always include the time that I have to allow to um, build that project. It could be, don't think about the project, the preparation time, like going, uh, to, to, going to the shopping, find the right um, dish, uh, find the right uh, banana leaf uh, you want to present on the table, or I'm, I'm saying um, anything, but I right, mean, right. all this time should be counted on the final budget, right? Yeah. The, a private dinner is not, sometimes you have customers that said, oh, man, a dinner for six is only two hours working. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's all these mails I have to answer you. Yep. It's all these, uh, the, the quotation, uh, the, the time you take for, to, for the quote, you, the, ta the time you take for all the, these um, emails and SMS, the time to think about the menu, to make some tests sometimes. Uh, to make prototypes also when it's a bigger event. Uh, the time you have to uh, hire people, to train people, all, all this you have to, to calculate and to include on the project as if you were like a, cre a, a like creative person. Totally. 
Totally. You know? And so I think this, a lot of all this time should be um calculate and um fractionated into the the, the 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 project. I think a lot of chefs get scared to bill for that time because they say, yeah. Oh well, the client will say no or they will go find somebody else. But from my yeah. experience, and I don't know if you feel the same, when you yeah. actually start to charge for that time, you yeah. find that you get better collaborations. You get better yeah, clients better that treat you. Yeah, yes. they treat you more exactly. seriously, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And it's uh, for our community, like uh, all the food uh, workers and all the this community of uh, creative who works into food, uh, it's important also to be respected for, for that um, work. I mean, we are just we're not just um, um, and it's not pe pejorative or negative when I say cooks, right. but uh, it's not as if uh, <clears throat> we were cooks with a chef that thinks uh, a la place uh, for right. us. Um, and for the community, it's important to level up all yep. this service so that people understand it's not the same to make like a delivery uh, from Uber Eats and order some food and yep. do like a buffet at home. Okay, right. you can you can do that and that, that it's there is no problem. But if you want really like a nice party or a nice event with custom made food just for you and um, the feeling that, you know, all the, the setup and all the, the food was only made for this special occasion, you you will have to like uh, consider that it's a super special service. Right. And to level up all the all our works of uh, you, me, uh, our colleagues, uh, it's important because they could, um, if someone cannot really understand this uh, this particular service and this really like detailed, uh, very like uh, cared with attention. Um, but fine, but people who really want something great, they understand. And more than more, you, you explain because you have to explain why you charge this, why it is um, not just the price of the chicken. You know, sometimes right. it's uh, people say, oh, mais c'est pas cher. It's not uh, expensive, the chicken. Why is it so expensive, the dinner? But because it's not the price only of the chicken. You have uh, to to the time to to have the order of the chicken. You have the time the of of the cooking. You have the time to test. You have the so yeah. We have to educate our customer and our clients. And more and more, I, I must say, I don't know if you it's the case also, but um, uh, I have uh, the luck that uh, to to have that kind of um, of of client. They understand. Same here. We we have so, amazing clients who really trust us to kind of like be creative and um, make it a good experience that feels like a true collaboration. We really exactly. listen to what they want and what they yeah. want to see in the food and all of that sorts of stuff. Yeah. You, you mentioned yeah. two very important pieces about teaching and explaining. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine when you're this organized, it also makes it easy for you to teach the staff, the people who are yes. helping you. So how yeah. do you how do you teach people like how do you make that easy because it's it's hard so right you're hard. not always working with these people every single day no, and so because I always uh, hire people who are freelance and so <clears throat> depending on the project sometimes I have to hire 10 people and sometimes just one I try to hire always the same people right. I mean right. uh, I have like a regular base of team and uh, who are really like uh, now um, um, 
they have followed all my projects and they, they know uh, the universe I want to inhale in this project and they know that it's never easy and I'm a little bit um, control freak. So um, I've never, enfin, it's super rare that I just can let them do right. and not be here physically. Right. Sure. This is super scary for me. It's, How did you find uh, I, I don't know if, I, if it, it can happen one day. But, How did you um, find them? Were they people you met at restaurants or? Yeah, uh, people yeah. I met in restaurants, uh, people that came to me also. Yeah. Like, oh, I would like to uh, collaborate in that kind of project. Uh, next time, can you ca call me or whatever? And uh, some people are really good. So I, I keep uh, working with them and it's super great. And if I think that um, the, the people management is uh, just as in every other type of activity, if you can... Uh, Fidelize? How can you say uh, fidelize? Huh? Sure. Uh, like op uh, maybe operationalize or um, delegate? No, no, mais, yeah, no, no. Uh, uh, you, you can um, fa be faithful to them. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I understand. Uh, yep, yep, yep. So the yep. more you can, uh, they can be with you longer, and uh, the best it is. I mean, it's in every business. Yeah. So absolutely. the turnover in restaurants, etc., it's soup it should be super hard because all my friends are like having gray hair because of that, <laughs> and I really understand because uh, it's um, a big part of the work, right? And being organized helps so much. With right. like, I, I, I'm trying to hammer it home as much as I can. Like, chefs need to get better at explaining their ideas being yes. clear, talking about their food, yes. draw, yes. drawing, you know what draw. I mean? Like yeah. visual visuals are yeah. so helpful. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, also um, to, sometimes uh, I'm surprised, I don't know if you are also, but I'm surprised with um, um, my, my uh, some the people's uh, answer who is not making as I, I wanted them to, to make, but it's kind of nice. Yeah. And so I switched to them, you know, it's, uh -huh. it's also like an exchange and um, very inspiring to to back and forth like that. Sometimes you wouldn't imagine that uh, this ingredient would match in this, this recipe and it, it's great. So, well, because oftentimes when you're creating the menu or designing the dish, you're doing yeah. it by yourself in a silo, right? But yeah. then when you yeah. go to work with people yes. at the event... You yeah. explain them to do something and they do something yeah. very unexpected and you're touching yeah. something there where it's like you're saying you're a control freak, but you also yes. don't have the ego where you no. say, no, don't do it no. like that. Do it my way. You know, no, 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 no. Yes. And you have to keep I think it's important to to leave the space of this surprise because in a lot of uh, events or pop ups or dinner, it's nice to have like a surprise uh, and not anti anticipated um, way of uh, dressage or way to it's nice also to allow us that space you know when you organize something very precisely into details and you're almost like uh, having headaches um, and uh, to, to allow us also to be surprised right it's a nice way to enjoy yourself the events because it's not just a matter of uh, doing perfectly things uh, after things is also to be surprised and to be to enjoy and um, to uh, to 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 learn something new and uh, and this is uh, the great part also for us. 
when you think 20 years in the future and you look back at this project, Manje Manje, mm -hmm. will it, is it going, how do you define it as successful? Is it more higher clients? You're doing fashion week every year. You're doing, you know, you're traveling. Maybe you have a very small atelier that you cook out of. Mm. What is success for Manje Manje? Uh, for I think that for the the success would be to be able to uh, handle um, not only food project but everything related to food. You know, so I'm still designing space for restaurants uh -huh. because uh, it's it's part of my uh, professional skills. I, uh, we say yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but it it's it's around food, right? So uh, I would love to. I have drawn like a set of uh, glasses that I would like to produce uh, by glass uh, bloomers. How do you say? It? Yeah, uh, blowers. Yeah, yeah glass blowers. blowers. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh -huh. um, and I would love to also help some uh, uh, vignerons, uh -huh. winemakers, uh, yeah. and to collaborate with uh, a cuvée special. Uh, Wow. Uh, manger, manger. So for me, I, I, I would love to be able in 20 years ahead, be able to say, wow, I did so many things around food because for me, that is my priority is that food is the center of my life <laughs> and um, to explore everything around that, you know? No, that's great. So for me, it's uh, to have that uh, 360 degrees vision around around food would be the best but it's so hard to <laughs> to be able because i don't know if uh, it's in the us it's like that but in france uh, people tend to put you in uh, you know a box right, right so when you do caterings oh what kind of caterings you you do oh it's uh, only shooting no no it's uh, global oh okay you don't so everything is so uh, stickered, you know, you yeah. have, you, mm -hmm. you are doing this and not any, anything else, or you, you are an expert of that, but just, um, different you, you're not. Right. And so it's very difficult to explain to people that, um, you can handle a different type of uh, project. Uh, but, um, um, I'm staying uh, focused on my past and uh, I'm sure that, uh, with, the, a little time, uh, people uh, will be a little bit uh, more uh, open. But I think in the U.S. it's much more um, wise. Kind of. I mean, a little bit. Sometimes it, it, it's, it's the same. It, in my opinion, it's because really? we're, we're trying to do the same thing. Like we're, we're doing events, not always yeah. with food, you know, but we're also wanting to yeah. shoot shows and to produce content online yeah. and do all this sorts of stuff in, in yes. my business. And so it's yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's not easy, and and I think your point about being confident and communicating what your idea is, you just mm -hmm. have to do it long enough, and then all of a sudden people yeah. see you differently. I don't know when that moment yeah. is when it switches, but yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. Apple Apple can make a phone and a TV show. You know, like they can yeah, do so true. many things. They can do so, and it's yes. all Apple, exactly. and you know what to expect. Um, yeah. So it's just yeah. confidence over time. Um, yeah, over time key. and also education. Constantly have to be educating and reminding yeah. people. Yeah. You have to remind yeah. people over and over and over again, this is what we do. This yeah. is what we're capable of. You know, this is yes. the types of projects that we can 
do. It's so hard. Yeah. So I feel yeah, you. Yeah, but this podcast is uh, really a good thing um, because you can communicate so much uh, theme and so much uh, aspect of uh, the food industry. It's a marvelous idea to do that. Totally, totally. And I just hope yeah. it helps people. You know, I just want to. Yeah. I just want to help people. Yeah. Uh, anything, anything big topic-wise that you wanted to talk about? I have some quick questions for you before we close. But is there any yeah. other big projects that big topics that you want to talk about or discuss or? Uh, no, you're. Uh, <laughs> maybe I will. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Think about it. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. As so, is there a book that you've read as you're thinking about entrepreneurship or cooking or events? A book that has brought you a lot of value or been impactful for you? Okay. Uh, it can be a art book. Yeah, right? please, it's please. Not, uh, so this is. Wait a second. Yeah. Uh, Les dîners de gala. Oh. It's, uh, Dali's. Dude. Okay, and uh, so people won't be able maybe to to have sure. a look uh, yeah, at the, okay. the pictures, but um, it's all the setup that he used to make for the for dinners wow. and for buffets and. There's uh, recipes, and uh, it's just uh, fantastic, uh, and it's uh, very joyful. Wow! Uh, you know, he, he was so prolific. Surrealist, you know, mm -hmm. surrealistic way to uh, present uh, snails. Wow! <laughs> you know, so that um, uh, removed a lot of complex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, you know you, you can you can go really further. You know it it shows you that um, the experience can be really brought higher and uh, and um, yeah we 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 don't have to to keep things in into plates and dishes. Right. We can explore a lot. You know a little butter on the on wow. the table. <laughs> it's uh, ten kilo butter. Wow. So yeah. All these proportions, the scales, uh, it gives me a lot of um, freedom. Sure. Shows you what's possible. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, uh, I'll give you the, um, the title. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Great, yeah. great, great. Is there a technique that you're uh, still uh, intimidating? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another book. Another book. No, it's good. Another book. It's good. Which is uh, different, but it's eating at Hotel Pelicano. Uh-huh. Uh, do you know the Hotel Pelicano? I don't know. No, I, I know. I've never it's heard of this. Italy. Uh, in the, um, uh, besides uh, Napoli on a sublime island. And it's uh, a photograph, uh, very well-known, uh, named Jürgen Teller. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. super, he, he shoots only fashion uh, pictures and uh, still life. And he shooted all the plates, uh, the, the menu of this hotel. Wow. In a way that is uh, almost erotic. Right, 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 right. You know? Yep. He's really into the very close to the food, and it's a really new way to take pictures of food. Yeah, not expected, very unexpected. No. With wow. splash. Yeah. Um, yep. It's not really you don't want to eat, you know. It's not a gourmand, but it's uh, annoying. It's like a <laughs> limit disturbing. Right. And I find it very interesting sure. in that point of view. Yeah. So yeah, this is a. Uh, it's not edited anymore, so you have to find it uh, second hand. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Voila, voila. Is there a is there a technique that you're still intimidated by in the kitchen? Whether it's. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, intimate te technically, huh? Yeah. Uh, technically, uh, all the um, the the cut of a big piece of meat. Yeah, butchering. Yeah, mm. uh, I I still I still don't know really how to do it because I never had to do it a lot, and um, yeah, this is uh, very intimidating for me, and I have to learn maybe. You should go really. spend. You should go spend three months at Christopher's new restaurant. Da <gasps> yes, Damsgard. <laughs> You know, we helped him design the restaurant. I know. I was. Yeah. I, I helped unwrap the chairs. Did I tell oh, you that? Yes. <laughs> yes. I remember the the, the socket, the yellow socket. And yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. I have to have a course. What? You'll just get to do a lot. Like when you're but when you're learning how to butcher, the best thing you can do is do it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Because like Christopher, yeah. he so everybody that's listening, Christopher, my last chef that I worked for in Norway, owns Lisverket and Damsgård and Hogorm mm -hmm. um, in Bergen, and mm -hmm. that's how he took me to Paris for a guest chef dinner, and that's where Marie and I met. Yeah. And I would do like twenty-five pig heads a week butchering over and over and over and over yeah. again. and the same with the fish you know like you yeah. get the cod you have to do cod over and over and over again because it's yeah. like i think a lot of people approach butchering like i do it one time and i know how to do it mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. i mean you've probably done it with chickens for example right like you do yeah. your 12th yeah. chicken and you finally feel like you understand how the anatomy yeah. works and all that sorts of stuff yeah and downscard yeah. would give you that i think yeah you know? they and go through a lot of meat yeah, and we are we are completely agree that f to do that we should be in a in a restaurant because yeah. that's the only place where yeah. you have day by day the same gesture, right? Right. right. Because yeah, so yeah, I have to really to to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, when you have time, I know you're busy. <laughs> no, when you have time, and if he wants to have, to have me in his uh. restaurant, it's not. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but I'd love to. How? So maybe it's a it's a Saturday or it's a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning and you wake up and you need to make eggs for yourself. How do you make your yeah. eggs? Yeah, this is super um, tough question because I don't like eggs. Uh oh. <laughs> so maybe uh, for somebody else, it, maybe for someone else is staying with I, you. I, yeah, I must say that um, when I I was young in Japan, you know, we we there is a dish. Have you tasted this? Which one? There is a dish uh, which is just a plain rice, Japanese rice, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. With raw egg beaten, poured onto this uh, white uh, rice and uh, sauce soja, uh -huh. show you. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Wow. And this is a, 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 a very basic breakfast for Japanese people. But when I tried this uh, coming to Europe, the eggs are not the same. I don't know why, but really? uh, it's, yeah. It, it's uh yeah it went wrong so i don't eat that anymore but i love to i used to love that and so for for us it would be a, a falacoque uh-huh a falacoque which, sure. which is uh yeah yep. three minutes uh, yeah, yeah. of coq uh, with uh, butter and a nice bread of levain of <laughs> le pain des amis or mamiche le pain des amis you know yeah yep. uh, totally. yeah yeah so is... that would be the the egg What's one thing that you've changed your mind on recently? Uh, honestly, to quit uh, by buying um, a food uh, not knowing exactly where it comes from. Wow. Uh, 
I mean, all this uh, COVID thing, uh, um, I was really sensitive uh, already with uh, all the sourcing, but it's really like, uh, you know, uh, smashed, uh, smashed my face. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I'm really much more uh, into uh, details now. So everything I can from Paris and I, I, I still buy avocado. I still buy, uh, you know, uh, uh, many things that are not coming from France, but um, the, I change a lot my way to consume, uh, my, my way to buy uh, products and uh, ingredients. Is that, is that getting more popular or less popular in France, would you say? Uh, I, I, I think that uh, a lot of people uh, are like me. Yeah, getting more and popular. I, uh, yeah, so I, I also like uh, uh, have a compost compost yeah box yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, now in paris you can have this um, freely they give you the box and uh, the worm inside to make your own uh, compost and uh, yeah people are more sensitive but uh, yeah it really uh, yeah shocked me a lot these uh, all these uh, things you somehow get a call right after we get off the phone Mm -hmm. And you've just won an all-expenses-paid trip to eat at your dream restaurant. And when you mm -hmm. get there, there's someone you've always wanted to have dinner with waiting to sit with you and have that dinner. What is the restaurant, oh. and who is that person? <gasps> wow. Um, I think that um, it's not a question of restaurant, but it's more a question of a country. I would love to go back to Japan because I miss the country so much now. Me, me too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, it's really like I'm a really homesick um, now, and so I would go to um, to a very sushi, a very good uh, sushi mm -hmm. or very good uh, unagi <laughs> restaurant, yep. which yep. is uh, Eels. I, yeah. I love this, and uh, to have a um, a family dinner. I, I won't uh, be fancy. Either my father, either Grace Jones. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hesitating. Where where <laughs> in Japan? Where in Japan? Tokyo. Kyoto. Yeah. To okay, Tokyo. Tokyo. My Tokyo. hometown. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you have lots of family back there still? Yes, uh -huh. uh, everyone, mm -hmm. uh, in fact. Uh, there, uh, My parents are in Nagano, which uh, is uh, in north of uh, Tokyo, you know, yeah. in the mountains. Yeah. But uh, the rest of my uh, Japanese side of family is at Shizuoka, when they have the, all the green tea um, fields and uh, near the Mont Fuji. And uh, yeah, yeah, I miss them uh, a lot. <laughs> So you, I would go. I would love to go to go there. What do you think chefs can be doing better to help the next generation? Um, to be gentle to themselves. I think that uh, now, now you have. Uh, now it's time to to be gentle to yourself and not to work twenty hours per day and not to shout um, each other, to shout it to each other and to treat uh, people well uh, and um, to have uh, an organization uh, organization to be able to hire more women who has children uh, yeah it's a big social issue now in uh, chefs uh, and restaurants uh, fields I think it would be great because um, now more and more people are maybe not enough, never enough, but uh, more sensitive to ingredients and to be local and to be, and maybe in big cities 
and not enough in uh, small cities, but I don't know. But now the social um, aspect uh, would be the next step, right? No more harassment uh, in any way. No more uh, arguing, no more shouting, no more uh, uh, swording. How yeah. do you say? Yeah. yeah, profanity, yeah. We, oui. mm. right. Uh, yeah. Is it the same problem that's happening? So in, in the U.S. right now, it's very difficult for restaurants to rehire chefs. Like, it's very difficult because a lot of people yeah. are saying, I had a job at a restaurant, COVID happened, and mm. I got laid off. I'm unemployed. Yeah. I have no yeah. income, and I have no, there's no promises. I have no idea when I will work again. Yeah. And so it's, you want me to come work for $12 an hour and yeah. be a chef for you? No way. I, I will go mm. do something else. I can do something yeah. else. I can work on my computer. I can yeah. do something else. Maybe it's in yeah. food, but it's very hard. And I think all those things that you're saying are necessary mm. if we want to have restaurants be what they, what they were yeah. again. So like, it's not yes. just the money, right? Like you're talking no. about these other things. Yeah, um, of course. This other no, side. No, it's not about money because, yeah. uh, um, here in France, we are lucky enough to, to find, and you have always money issues, right? Because right. you, uh, you have a lot of, uh, cash, uh, work, uh, workers and, uh, all that stuff. But, um, <coughs> but in France, we are lucky enough to be protected by the government, right? So people who are not working anymore, they, they can have like a chômage, which right. is, uh, 80% of your income, um, given by the state, by the country. So it's, uh, we are super lucky and that's why people want to go back to work because uh, it's their work. But I think that a lot of uh, people will be rusty at the beginning because, yeah. you know, that they have spent so many, so many time now uh, during the evening with their family. They know now what it feels like to be at home, uh, sharing a meal with the, the kids, uh, having a movie with their wife and, you know, and I, I, I wish... Uh, it will change a bit because they they now experienced uh, how it feels to have a normal life. I don't know what is a normal life, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's not really normal to be out six day six nights per week, right? Right. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think this is the big uh, challenge of uh, the upcoming years. I agree. Mm. Last, any last topics, any other things that you want to discuss or share with people or, you know, ask people to do um, after they're done listening to this? I have all of your links uh, linked up for people if they want to come ask you questions or follow you or uh, okay. anything like that. But uh, No, no. My big uh, thing is that I wanted to – that brings me to, to yeah. say that uh, yeah. there is a big uh, problem in, in the industry regarding the women. And I think that uh, in France, I don't know if it's the same in the U.S., but a lot of women that used to be chef and cooks in restaurants after the, having their family and have their kids um, change uh, yeah. the aspects of uh, work. So it's like Aline, who is right. the wife of uh, Inaki, yeah. who has uh, her own, uh, you know, um, uh, lunch uh, meal a shop like she's making the most uh, great uh, sandwiches and the best salad uh, of Paris and it's very um, it's very simple but it's yet very good uh, with good product and in order to be able to be at home every night you know for for her kids so a lot of women now have their own creative uh, business of food because they can't 
work anymore in restaurants. So really, it's uh, nice because uh, it pushes us to be creative and to find our own path to continue to do what, what we love to do, so cook, uh, basically, um, in order not to be dependent uh, to be dependent to uh, something that is really like um, stre stretchy, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, when you work in a restaurant, it's very difficult to do. Oh no, I'm doing only lunch, or uh, you know. So. Right. I I wish um, yeah I wish uh, things can be a little more um, smooth and uh, simple for everyone. Uh, of course, bo um, the boss like the. The proprietor and also for the the workers, men and women. So, to to keep going on that, if if you don't mind, like there there are a lot of um, men that are listening to this show. So how can we? Is it is it more flexibility you mentioned? Yes. But what what questions can we ask to make it more normal for people to talk about these things and to potentially attract? Because if we're if we're agreeing, Marie, for example, that like. Yeah. Uh, it would actually be really beneficial for us to not have to, as a restaurant, if yeah. we have a hypothetical restaurant, to yeah. have 20 people on staff full time. It would actually be much more yeah. flexible for us if we yeah. could have, you know, eight of those 20 be part time. Yeah. And if you're telling me that there are these this entire subsection of people who want to mm. work, you want to work in food, they just mm. can't do 50 hours a week, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So, is that creating new roles in the brigade, like a more like a tornot style position where yeah. you can bounce around and do other things? Like, yeah. how can we get practical with me? Like, what questions can we be asking? What yeah. roles can we be creating? Yeah, first of all, I think it's um, when someone come up with that question, not to <clears throat> to 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 see them like a problem, like yeah. you know, yeah. oh, what's quoi encore, you know, kind of that kind of type of a reaction we can we can find, people can have when you come up with this kind of flexibility question, and really to so to to discuss with with the whole team, right. I think not to you know target. Uh, with this person specially or that person is a matter of uh, the team process. So I think the, um, it's very difficult to give a general answer because each restaurant is, uh, is so different. Totally. Uh, some restaurants uh, won't be able to open weekends. It's not a problem because it's in a business area or others are only open for lunch or only dinners. And so I think that more to, to include the team more in that kind of planning um, or uh, flexibility regarding all the post, the post to the mm -hmm. cuisine mm. would be a good uh, start maybe. But um, for me, there's no um, uh, right answer to be, you know, diffused on every every restaurant because it it won't be it won't be. Uh, able to to fit everywhere well you're right from the sense of if you started your if if le chateaubriand we tell chateaubriand you mm. need to change your entire brigade structure and your entire business model it's very hard to ask that's a very hard question yeah but if yeah. you're starting something today yeah and you're you're noticing the job market and you're saying people yeah. want flexibility People want to be able to have another job or people want yeah. to be able to have time with their family or, yeah. you know, whatever. 
could yeah. you create your business model yeah. to allow for this more flexible kind of like you yes know, the gig economy yeah. almost and and more uh, generally i think also that this covid uh, situation uh told us that having only one model is dangerous right right so maybe it's um enhancing also the what can be the other facet of a restaurant can can be can it be like uh, having their own product and to sell their own product based on the expertise of the restaurant uh, can it be uh, like uh, consulting for right. I don't know which brands or farmers or uh, whatever? Um, so I think that more generally, um, flexibility right. <laughs> will be the, the key of the survivor of uh, the survivance of yeah. uh, the future year to come, because a restaurant can cannot stay just a restaurant. I think. Right. I agree. Because the situation of COVID will be like regular, maybe. I, I don't hope I I'm don't hope so, but no. Another fact, it, it it would be regular, okay? So, if a restaurant should close, uh, you should be able to deliver quick, uh, to have a, like a super optimized menu, to have a takeaways, uh, to develop your um, potential of uh, of uh, moving the restaurant into people's house. Yep. Uh, to be able to send your own uh, produit dérivé. Uh, finished product or all these things to sell uh, the way they communicate maybe to other for other businesses um, so yeah and all these aspects can be developed within the team maybe right you know I'm excited for not the reverse but a different kind of model right. where um, mm-hmm. a large fashion brand or a sunglasses company or a shoe company or a travel or lifestyle organization says, yeah, you know what? We don't just want to sell products. Yeah. We want to be able to sell experiences. We yeah. want to open a restaurant. Yeah. Like so, Gucci. Yeah. Gucci opens a restaurant. Dance. Who's going to be the chef of the restaurant? You don't have yeah. to worry about all these financial constraints because yeah. the big, the big company is, you know, a part yeah. of this whole thing. And then that gives yeah. so much opportunity for chefs because now they don't have to. Yeah. It's not that they don't have to manage their food cost, but it's yeah. like there's it's less pressure and less yeah. pressure means less tempers, which means better yeah. working environment, which means all these other things. Um, yeah, down that's the line. true. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also in uh, Paris, you have a lot now um, with groups like LVMH. Um, uh, opening like museums right. and opening uh, the renewal of a great department store called Samaritaine. Uh, the, they, they hired Bra, Jean-Michel Bra. Mm-hmm. It's not LVMH, it's um, a new museum held by uh, Pinot, who is the owner of uh, Saint Laurent, you know, the big group. And he hired Bra for the restaurant of the new museum in Paris uh, made by Tadawando. Wow. So it's uh, like a yeah. super <laughs> team, you know? <laughs> and uh, I think it will be amazing. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, more crossover, you know, uh, more um, tra- uh, transversal. Mm-hmm. I don't know how mm-hmm. you say it, mm-hmm. but uh, transversal uh, exchange of uh, skills and how the food industry can nourish also the culture, how the culture can nourish the food industry, how the luxury or how fashion can also be dialogue- dialoguing with the food. Right. This will be also the next uh, big thing, I think. 
it has started still, but uh, it will be more and more. Anything so else? Anything else we missed? Uh, um... I want to let you get back to your night. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, no, no. I'm uh, no, I'm I'm super happy to yeah. to have um, discussed about all things yeah. this uh, subject, and um, yeah, it's nice that uh, you're really like uh, having these good questions. Yeah. So no, no, no other topics, but uh, just um, I'm super pride proud. Me too, and I'm I'm. It, it's always like I'm so. Well, I'm so happy that you share as much as you do so I can see what you're up to and what you're working on and all the amazing events that you're working on and sharing. Um, yeah. I just wanted to get to Paris sooner than later. Yeah, <laughs> I miss it a lot. we are waiting for you, you know. <laughs> so uh, come when the restaurants are open. But, I know. Uh, yeah, 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 we are waiting for you. Yeah, you'll be my first meal off the plane again. Yes. <laughs> the first... <laughs> Oh, you know, they open up a second restaurant, so we have to try the second really? one. Based on the more Chinese, uh, Asian. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's very good, too. Okay. Well, yeah. until next time, thanks so much for being yes. on the show. Thank you. Merci beaucoup, Justine. What's up? Justin here again. Because, I mean, if you're still listening, you didn't not like this episode, right? And if that's the case, I'd like to think that you'd get value from the other work that I share here online all focused on helping chefs and hospitality professionals perform better. If you don't have a lot of time, the best place to start is with the email newsletter that I write every single week called the 80-20 Edge. That's where I share knowledge on sharpening your skills, asymmetric upside, and exploring the industry beyond the status quo. And I say it saves time because I include all of the content that I published that week all in one place as kind of a weekly digest of sorts. Next up, you should check out my YouTube channel for gear reviews, clips from podcasts just like this one, and documented experiences from some of the best restaurants in the world. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about my intense cohort-based professional development focused course, get coaching from me to help you make your next move, or just support the show, you can check out justinconnacom support. And if you do support this show already, that's greatly appreciated. Thank you. Finally, it really does help to share a review of this show on Apple Podcasts to help the podcast universe know that people like us like shows like this. And until the next episode, my name is Justin Kana, and I hope you have a good one.